Hi, everyone. I'm Andy. And I'm Angela. And welcome to The Magistream, a podcast for Majestins by Majestins. Note that the podcast The Magistream is not to be confused with the in-game Magistream, a wave of living magic that refreshes a Majestin's health and abilities at sunrise. On this episode of The Magistream, we'll be talking about what happened during the May 5th through 7th event, Ribin will discuss some of Majesta's legendary heroes, and we'll see if Normaron can make it through our trivia game without getting spelled. People don't understand it. Say I'm too old to believe in magic. Your only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. You're still dreaming of your last plot After game ends, do you feel lost? Are you worried we forgot you? Introducing the magistrate Come ask Ryben anything Be your bridge between the games People don't understand it They say I'm too old to believe in magic the only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. So come and listen, la 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 la. Yeah, speaking of, of trivia, here, here's a question that's been bothering me for years, and maybe you can answer it. Okay. Um, about Majesta's coins. Okay. This has come up before. Are the coins, the coins have the, like, Irvinshire, Kingdom of Irvinshire crest on one side. Yep. Is that the front side and they're different on the back? Or is that the back side and they're different on the front? Huh. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, you know, technically they're all different. Like the fonts are all different on each of the different coins. Are they? I've, I've so. got a silver and a copper in front of me. Yeah, um, I think it's just the font that's different. I think because of the different sizes, we changed them up a little bit. Yeah. So I think technically, I don't have any coins in front of me, but I think technically they are all different on all of them via font. Okay, okay. Um, but they've but got that, like a radial circular pattern on one side. Is that the back or is that the front to help distinguish them? But I mean, I guess if the crests are a little bit different. I guess I, mean, I would consider that the back. You would consider what the back? The, the, uh, the radial... Okay. And so it's got the Kingdom the of Irvinshire on the front. That's what that's what I thought too, but I'm like I wasn't sure. And people like were asking and I'm like, I I don't know. That's a good question. So yeah, I think if I was thinking of those coins and heads versus tails, the, the crest would be heads yeah. and the uh the other design, whatever is on the back, would be tails. That's my opinion. <laughs> now I know uh uh Mike Meyer Jack calls the uh the Copper's shites because he says they look like a bunghole on the back, and that, that <laughs> also makes sense. I had never heard that. <laughs> take, take a look at the back of a back of a copper coin, and, and try not to think of a bunghole. Thanks, thanks, Mike. I yeah, appreciate you're... that. <laughs> <laughs> now it's something I will never be able to unsee. Yep. Yep. Oh well. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happened at the last event. Sure. Um, so as you guys probably know, many of you, you are still trapped, or the people that have gone to Marshall's Landing are still trapped uh, within its boundaries. Um, but uh, because people have been there for a long time now, or for you know longer than they had been, mm-hmm. they uh, 
everyone there started becoming aware of the the magical history. Yeah, the history yeah. in the area, as though the area itself wanted to share its story. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, a whole lot of information that was given out to people in the form of knowledges and stuff. In uh, yep, dribs and drabs. Uh, yeah, after uh, or during the event. <clears throat> yep. And we put a put a bunch of it together, and then uh, we got pretty much all the pieces filled in here. Um, so the uh, back in like almost fifteen hundred years ago, during the Age of Repose, was when um, fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Sorry, yeah, yeah, for, for, yeah, yeah. Um, at the beginning, of, early in Majestus history, during the Age of Repose, these uh, creatures called the Mirroreth. Um, built these massive uh, citadels on thousands of different dimensions, but Majesta was one of them. Um, and uh, all of these citadels were identical dimensions, a square mile or a mile on each side. And uh, they were trying to merge them all together into one um, one citadel that would exist simultaneously on all the dimensions that they built the citadels on so they could easily travel to and from them without really having to travel right um, and the, the citadels were actually going to be powered by a, a giant like machine like yeah. thing called yeah. the, uh, the universal the uni- contrivance yeah um so yeah they that way they could eliminate the need for having to travel interdimensionally and they could just kind of be everywhere at once and they would yep. gain like sort of like an omnipresence um for things yeah like a stronghold that, that they could just had doors leading wherever they wanted to go right but like all good plans, <laughs> um, mm. something malfunctioned and the intended convergence went too far and it inverted the astral and psychic energy of the area and sucked it into like the interplanar space where the machine mm-hmm. was. Um, and that because like all of that information got sucked into that space, it kind of created a dark universe, which we now know is the Invergence. Invergence. Right. Um and there have been a couple of uh, players, Elmertonians, that have visited the Invergence inadvertently. Um, yes. After, or or, or after advertently. <laughs> um, Count Marshal Van Doren uh, during the Age of Gathering. Um, oh, I guess I meant like Elmertonians specifically. Oh, like, oh, okay. They, uh, instead of going to see the, the oh, uh, yes, incarnation yes, yes. of death... They got yeah. pulled into the yes, yes, yeah. Some and, yeah, uh, people they they were there actually until someone or something pulled them back into Marshall's Landing. Yeah, but we'll yes, there has been Marshall Van Doren was uh, a man of note who did regularly uh, travel through the Invergence. Mm-hmm. He not only traveled, but he actually went into the Invergence, found the Universal Contrivance, and you know at least this is the the rumors. Yeah. Um, and uh, decided that he wanted to try and protect Majesta from this machine. Uh, whether yeah. or not the machine was real or just a metaphor, no one really knows. But regardless, that's why he created the thimbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and as to we sort of cap the spikes of dimensional energy that were coming through. Right, exactly. From the spiky <clears throat> universal contrivance, which was... Sort of built, sort of like a synthetic universal mind with spiky spikes instead of cords, psychic cords coming out of it. Exactly. So the thimbles are actually like a subterranean network of tunnels and pipes and whatever that 
like carried a whole bunch of various alchemical substances that were created specifically to design the or to um, control the wild magic mm-hmm. that was caused by the invergence eking out in various places on Ed Marshall's landing. And like Marshall claimed to have done it himself, but he had some other people who were helping him out. Um, Randolph Army Armitage, um, who was the engineering guy, I think. And then uh, Philip McAllister, who was the finance guy who helped finance and organize like the funding of his airship and all of his other projects. And then Ensel Eldercraft, who was an alchemist who helped design the alchemical goops and fluids that went through the thimbles. Yeah, and at some point during their travels, <clears throat> the three of them met with tragedy, and then Marshall himself vanished from Majesta. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, there was no one to take care of the alchemical substances in the thimbles. Yeah. And all of those substances have expired and over a thousand years, and they've yeah. just been leaking out into and poisoning the land in the area. Yep. So all that said... <clears throat> um, in the present day, the Mirith Citadel that was originally built there, you know, 14,000, 15,000 years ago, continues to enclose Marshall's Landing, but it's like in a state that most people can't really perceive. So that's that's why people, once they're in, they can't get out. Cause yep. It's a sort of an astral, well, from our perspective, it's an astral cage. From the Mirith's perspective, it's their, it was intended to be their, like, their new, like, home. Right. But. So it's like sometimes, and this is not like a... a an entirely 100% constant thing because the universal contrivance is always like fluctuating and sparking to life and causes changes in the citadels on various dimensions. Um, And so like sometimes the walls of the citadel would, you know, fail to contain the strange creatures and magics that were, you know, being sent to the Invergence. Um, And, you know, we'd have to, they'd have to find ways to contain all of that stuff, which is, you know, why the company was originally employed to help contain all of that stuff that could otherwise leak out into Majesta. Yep. And there has been a company site on crew in Marshall's Landing for a very long time. Hmm. Recently, like the, those spiders came through. They weren't there about uh, 20 years ago when Qatar last passed through the area, but we'll talk about that. Um, and then, but yeah, so they've been, been there um, for a while and, and doing weird stuff. The company's been feeding them imps to keep them uh from attacking them and stuff and they might have some sort of other arrangement worked out we're not too sure about that but we do know that the spiders recently in the months since we've been there have been expanding significantly um and trying to uh catch people and stick them up in their webs and do whatever it is that they do to them probably eat probably (laughs) probably eat uh sometimes like you know like control or manipulate but mostly eat yeah, so that's uh, everything that has happened before this event. So we haven't even started in on the event. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, you'll be able to find most of this in nice written form uh, once we put out the Chronicle Majestic, which should be some sometime soon. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to see all of that, all of this information out there as well. So, all right, let's move on to what happened at the event. Yes. Um, so right at the beginning, we had a, a new group of travelers to Marshall's Landing who were met um, on the outskirts of the area by the astral image of Randolph Armitage, who, if you remember, was one of Marshall's traveling companions. And he had appeared for the very purpose of warning travelers into the area about the creatures that they were going to stumble into. 
specifically at this point, uh, beasties that had been deformed by the ancient alchemical sludge in Marshall's thimbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, they had decided to come up above the surface because some brave Elmertonians decided that they needed to investigate the, uh, the thimbles after they had learned about them and they were curious. You know, you know it seemed like a good do. idea at the time. <laughs> I wasn't there, but, you know. <laughs> So Armitage gave these new travelers information about how to deal with these thimble creatures, um, and then they were able to dispatch them. And right afterwards, they saw, like, this strange colored light floating about in the darkness, and Armitage warned them that this was a will-o'-the-wisp, and that any visitor to Sammy has things to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Did he see a will-o'-wisp? Where's the will-o'-wisp boy? (laughs) Go get him. Um, And any visitor that went into Marshall's Landing that has ever tried to go, like, encounter this Will-o'-the-Wisp has never returned. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, we're also working with Andridge, the undercover Portal Authority agent, um, who told us that he was sent, like, by Harlow Knox, the head of the the company, um, to negotiate our surrender. But then he told us, like, you know, this is a trap. Don't don't surrender. Um and then wanted us to turn the tables and try to capture uh, Harlow, and that Harlow was you know, going to like if we did actually surrender, he was just going to create a portal to the spiders' homeworld and just feed us to the spiders there. Um, so what he wanted to do was turn the tables on Harlow, capture him, and uh, see if we could get some information out of him and get some of the uh, portal keys, the necklaces, amulets that the uh, portal jackers uh, wore, so that we could attune them to us. Uh, three people per key so we wouldn't need necessarily an amulet for every single person and uh and that's yeah that's what he wanted to that was that was the plan that was a friday night gathering day night yeah um and then later that night uh in the pouring pouring awful rain oh yeah (laughs) a bunch of several several like slimy sludgy creatures from the thimbles followed a powerful entity known as the thing in the thimbles um, into mm. the tavern and pretty almost killed everyone inside. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not pretty much. <laughs> I think, I think at one point everyone who was still inside was, was dead. A couple people got away, got help, came back and, uh, then we drove them off, but we didn't, um, manage to defeat them because, um, there were too many of them compared to the people who were, who were still awake. And, uh, uh, we didn't succeed in that uh, that night anyway. But it seems that uh, so there was <clears throat> like two or I remember if it was, there's two or one creatures in white and the thing from the yep. thimbles itself, uh, the creatures in white being known as the chattel, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, that were specifically hunting for for very specific for the people. intruders. Yes, <laughs> the, intruders. the people the people who had gone into the uh, the thimbles. Um, in the in the weeks that we were stuck in Marshall's Landing, right? Yeah, and they, were, they they I think they captured somebody, Dogwood, and dragged him off like into the thimbles, and uh, Kai went and and got him back out um, before he got taken too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the 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 sludgy like the little sludgy creatures they weren't particularly discriminate in their in their search. No. They 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 just kind of went after whoever was there, but the uh the chattel and the the creature and the thimbles were searching specifically for for folks who had gone inside. Mhm. 
And that was pretty much the end of the night on Friday, yep. I think. Yep. <laughs> I think after we saw how few people <laughs> were in the tavern, we're like, yep. oh, well, that probably means it's bedtime. <laughs> yep. Um, so the next morning, um, Qatar, the um, way watcher, um, showed up. He had been sent to investigate the spiders that had appeared recently. He had been to Marshall's Landing with another group of people about 20 years ago and had uh, like tried to communicate with some of the, the things in Marshall's Landing, like the astral spirits and projections, because uh, Qatar has a certain susceptibility or <laughs> vulnerability to to to, uh, to possession, yeah. uh, but it can 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 be useful. Um, and he was able to um, communicate with some of them to figure out what was going on and get, figure out everything. And wasn't able to talk with the um, the Mirareth, uh themselves because they didn't really care to communicate with with Qatar or, or anybody else no one had managed to communicate with them um at that point because no one else is really like you know at, at their level when we did finally right. communicate with them later it was about some cosmic level stuff but he basically said that you know that um he went there 20 years ago the spiders weren't there at the time a bunch of the other stuff that we've been seeing was and that it was about six months or so ago that like the uh up until about six months ago People on Majesta could walk into and out of the area. The uh, citadel walls weren't there. Um, so that might be about when the uh, spiders showed up, but that's speculation. We don't know that for sure. Right. Um, but the uh, also, the next thing that happened, the like major thing that happened, was the, the creatures in the thimbles came back at around noonish, early afternoon. I don't remember exactly when. Um, and this time, we you know we rallied together. The people who had been given the special astral incantation by um, Armitage uh, used it, and we uh, defeated all the sludge monsters and uh, the uh, the chattel as well. And, uh, and then you forced just, the uh, the creature from the thimbles to retreat. Yeah, um, but you caught, and, but it exploded uh, a couple of times before it did actually end up retreating. Yep. Yep, and, and it did something those... weird to the people with spiritual sympathy. I don't remember exactly what it was. They, they got slimed. Some sort of sl- slimy spiritual <laughs> connection, right? which seems to have just beneficial effects right now. But I know Alienora is convinced that there's going to be problems in the long run because <laughs> these things always do. I mean, can't you just be like nice spiritual slime? Does it always have to be bad? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Same, same thing about blood rituals, you know. Does it have to be a bl- bad blood ritual? There could uh, theoretically no. be a good blood ritual. Theoretically. Yeah. Anything's possible. <laughs> so then later on, uh, Andrej came back to the tavern. Um, yep. And I, I guess at that point he told a, a group of people, like he showed them how to unattune and remove portal keys. Yeah, um, I didn't catch the whole thing, but it's like, you know, over the left shoulder, over the right shoulder, turn around. <laughs> put your left foot in. Put your left put foot your in. Left Shake left it all about. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what it's all about. That's, that, that was it. That's it. So now you guys know. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't try this at home. <laughs> I mean, you could. It's just, you know, yeah, you I mean, get you, you could, a no effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe a strange look. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a um, laughing corpse. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, after he showed people that, he took a group of people, anyone who wanted to come, to the amphitheater um, to, you know, quote, 
accept the terms of their surrender, mm-hmm. uh, unquote, to they brought them to Harlow Knox. But it was like a, a triple cross. Cause yeah. Harlow had figured out that Andrej was a double agent who was working for the Portal Authority. And he basically just wanted Andrej to bring, you know, whoever was going to come to the area so that he could have them killed. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he knew that we knew that, that he knew. Right. So, yeah. There was a big fight. And there were we lots of... To, we managed... Harlow was detained briefly, but then something triggered and he he vanished, disappeared. Um Andridge was uh, was fatally crit, and then his contingency banishment triggered, causing him to disappear. But he was able to to get a message to to Kai to let him know that that there was a triple cross, that there was never a portal that they could jack, that the spiders were just going to keep coming, and that they should yep. probably retreat. Yeah, and so uh, that's what we did. <laughs> it was a pretty pretty good retreat too. It was a pretty good retreat. Yeah, I don't think you lost anyone. No. So then. Uh, there were astral imprints of patrons from Crossworld's Tavern past that continued mm-hmm. to kind of visit throughout the day. Uh, and each of these, some of them had a problem to resolve. Some of them were just visiting their old stomping grounds. Yep. And uh, there was a huge, there was a party of a whole bunch of interdimensional astral imprinting creatures mm-hmm. uh, celebrating the grand reopening of the Crossworld's Tavern that happened around dinner time. Yep. So that's still happening too. Yep, um, and then there were the uh, the Mirareth uh, about the continued to um, like be doing things either like working or just sitting in the tavern meditating, um, and we tried interacting with them to no real success, um, other than getting you know pain when we tried to psychically communicate with them. Um, but they they were just you know meditating in the tavern or working in the area. There were some some down near the portal anchor that were like pacing out an equilateral triangle that I'm pretty sure was like you know like portal anchory stuff. I wish I had like drawn a circle in the middle connecting the triangle. <laughs> like I'm like just to see what they would have done. Be like, huh, huh. But oh well, it missed that opportunity. <laughs> well, that's I mean I think that's cool though that you were thinking of that. Like it's it's the stuff like that that you yeah. Know. It's like as yeah. It's a. Uh, what do they call it? like the sort of like the elevator response where in the elevator later after meeting someone you think of a comeback I'm like oh i should have said this <laughs> yeah absolutely do that all the time yeah yeah so then it started to get dark and it started to rain again yep. Yep. <laughs> and of course we had to time it exactly we were walking it out was very and- dramatic timing it was very very good dramatic timing on your part yeah i mean luckily it wasn't super cold it was just rainy but still yeah. um so yeah, the will o' the wisp that had been warned about appeared on the uh, the landing field, and the PC. Did you know at that point that it was Ensel? No, no. Okay. Um, like we thought it was something bad, and like like I know Galen was just like like trying to like kill it for a while, <laughs> and then realized like then like tried to like communicate and telepathically or something with it, and then it's like oh well I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> the way but. Dave told it, like Dave, you know, Dave played Ensel and. He uh, was like, yeah, Galen came up and then emptied his skill tree into me while I was sitting there going, because mm, 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 Ensel couldn't talk. Yep, yep. Which we um, learned which, the hard way. After stabbing him a bunch. Yep. Um, all right. So, yeah, the, uh, the Will of the Wisp was originally approached as being uh, a bad thing. Um, but in any case, as they went to go approach the Will of the Wisp, a bunch of invergent beings were summoned mm-hmm. uh, to the area to try and, and kill the the PCs. But even though this was like a, a pretty difficult fight, uh, 
Some people were able to make it to Ansel and got some yep. more information about what's going on, including that there were four young apprentices of Marshall and his traveling companions that had yep. made a death pact with one another. Um, yeah. And the way that we were thinking about this is like the death pact was like, yes, an effort to make sure that they were providing their own protection on these dangerous journeys that they went on. But also it's like one of those things that you do. I mean, not that I've ever formed a death <laughs> pact. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you were going to. But, you know, if if I was into that when I was, you know, like 17, 18 or whatever, you know. So, yeah, it was a death pact that they made with one another too. that if one of them died, they would be bound to follow suit. Like, so that way they would yep. want to protect each other to their highest ability so that they didn't have to follow suit if someone did die. Yep. Um, but so there's, uh, Agnes Briarcliff, who's Marshall's apprentice, who we've seen about town. She's the crazy lady that's ranting and raving about spiders. Um, and we used her blood to, to make a, uh, some, um, antivenom. Then there's Percy Randolph's apprentice, who was a guy who was overflowing with, um, spiritual energy. And after he died, he was dumped down into the thimbles. Um, where his positive energy mixed with some of the alchemical stuff and probably turned him into that thing in the thimbles that's that's running things down there. Um, there was uh, Berglio Trembley, Philip, uh, um, the financial guy's uh, um, apprentice, who w- like slept a bunch and was lazy and. He's like a he's, rich kid that didn't yeah. want to do anything. Right, <laughs> like right. He kind of got into this uh, this profession. I was like, eh. I, yep. I'll have my maid do it. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, Though he was, was rather easily bullied. Yeah. And then there was uh, um, Humphrey, Ansel's apprentice, who, like, studied the Invergence a bunch. And he's the one that sort of flipped the script and turned the um, blood pact into... To, to his advantage to help him, like, become a blood lich, maybe using the others as, like, a... Uh, blood lich like phylactery or something um he uh the, the way i was thinking of it i didn't say it in game but the way i was thinking of it is so the the slytherin guy uh bullied the hufflepuff guy into committing suicide uh to trigger the death pact and uh um did that um and has has trapped uh ensel in the invergence and uh, Ansel can only, you know, get out briefly. And, like, he, he followed us up to the tavern. We were talking with him a bit. And then, like, in mid-sentence, he just poof, poofed and, and disappeared. Ansel did. Um, right. But he did tell us this stuff about, about Humphrey being the blood lich and how he, how he became the blood lich and, and that stuff. Specifically, a blood lich scholar? A blood lich scholar <laughs> that owes somebody a favor, but it's not me. Oh, sorry, Andy. <sighs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, so yeah, Ensel got ripped back into the Invergence, and then later in the evening, yep. uh, Harlow Knox reappeared in the landing and just like kind of stumbled into the tavern. Yeah, babbling, and then collapsed. Yeah, he was carrying a portal anchor chain, right? Yep, yep. One of the three. Yeah, and so he just kind of collapsed, things. died on the tavern. He was covered in spider bites, had some weird substance oozing out of various yeah. orifices in his face. Uh, and was unable to be resurrected and eventually faded away and has Mm -hmm. not been heard from since. And then uh, later in the night, Kelwin, who is maybe someone that some of you know, uh, is a dark elf from an organization known as the Black Angels, um, 
met, you know, managed to meet with some folks in the tavern and learned about the situation, uh, including that they needed to identify the mechanic and get her out of the thimbles and fix the portal anchor. And yep. then a couple of people paid him an awful lot of gold yep. Yep. Um, to of do money. those things. And then he kind of took off to complete that contract. Yep. Then, like, late at night, we finally did manage to make a breakthrough with the Mirareth somewhat. Like, in that they would they would answer they, they they wouldn't answer our questions so much as let us talk to them about subjects that they found interesting mm-hmm. the uh the invergence um and like other like you know overworlder level stuff um uh, but we finally managed to have a conversation that didn't end in pain for all of us involved it said it was it was a uh, um slightly uh entertained or something to that effect and then <laughs> refreshed a whole bunch of our skill grades and left but so we they're they're basically like they exist on like a higher level of thought. They were interested in things that, like the uh, the wind saber or the uh, um, the sickle of Magyar that existed simultaneously on multiple dimensions. They were interested mm-hmm. in other really really high powered stuff. Um, and we now have know some of what they're interested in. And there were a couple things that they said if you t- if you give us the specific information about some of which was stuff that we don't want to tell them. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> then th- th- then we'll answer one of your questions. But that was that was the last thing that I am aware of that happened that night. Now I have a I have to ask. Um, you said uh, several times on Facebook that when you looked at your notes on on Sunday, oh, <laughs> you yeah. had like just this look of incredulity. Was Ryben just like on <laughs> autopilot and just taking notes and not really registering what was actually being said? And then when you saw them on Sunday, you were like, "Whoa!" Um, somewhat. I mean, it was late at night. Um, <laughs> It, it was somewhat that, and then also just like looking at like the, some of the things that it, it, it that it mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like we we would, we would talk about something like, you know, like hey, we like we want to talk about the uh, the universal contrivance, and it's like you, you may speak on the universal contrivance, and we're like okay, uh, we know it has something to do with the invergence and blah blah blah, blah. and then you can talk about the invergence, and we like, and then we would mention other things like dant or overworlders like you can talk about overworlders and then it sometimes would ask specific things like you can talk about the gifting overworlders and we're like we don't know what that is <laughs> and i just so i was just i was just writing that stuff down to like look through my notes later uh-huh. and then i was seeing things later that it's like oh that's what it was talking about <laughs> just starting starting to put things together uh about like time cycles and like you know it's like that meme on Facebook where it shows like like the brain with like a little bit of activity and then more and more activity. It's like oh man, now I now I'm starting to see the big picture. I, I had some pretty <laughs> pretty bad crazy eyes when I was looking looking at things and being like oh, now these puzzle great. pieces fit together. Yeah, I, I I saw that and I was like man, I wonder if like Robin was just on autopilot and then like read his notes and was just like oh that's so amazing. It, well, we had we had to talk fast and not either have long pauses or talk about things that were boring the Mirareth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was just going to leave and co- it was just going to cause us pain and leave. Right. So I, I was I was kind of like writing furiously and just like I'm just going to try to collect as many puzzle pieces as I can. I'm going to worry about putting <laughs> them together later. That's pretty great. It was it was it was that was the highlight of my game anyway. Right. So then, uh, Sunday morning, uh, Tain Merchant Dominic Plump came uh, back into Marshall's Landing with yep. the news that a dreamer uh, 
on Marshall's Landing uh, had told had told him that someone needed Verglio Tremblay. Yes. So he came in and being the good merchant he was, was like, hey, who needs this person? I can make that work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At first, I wasn't sure who, was, who he was talking about. The thing he was describing, I thought he was talking about, like, uh, the Blood Lich. And then I realized it was Ensel that, that probably told him that. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, he was talking, telling me that uh, um, he knew of Virgilio Trembley, who was a bandersnatch on Brim. On, on the, the inner side of the in, the, the, inter- side. the inner side of Brim. So yeah, yeah, Brim is like a sort of a a torus, like a donut shape, and the surface of Brim is the the outer side, and then the inner side is everything inside the donut itself. Right. Um. So the the connection to Brim, just so that people who are listening know, the ancient Mireth, the the ones that we've been talking about, um, didn't sleep or dream in the same way <laughs> that Majestans do, and so like their original homeworld doesn't really have a dream of its own. And so Brim is a dream, a, realm. Yeah, they, is they a dream, dream realm, realm for yeah. dimensions that don't have their own dream realms. Yep. So like the very little dreaming that visitors and, you know, the lesser Mirith did um, took place on the on the world of Brim. So yep. that's uh, that's where they had is the most common place for people to have their dreams take shape yep. if they are. And because a, this citadel is sort of like partially the Mirith homeworld now, like there are. There's a connection to to Brim, um, right. and that's why things like the Tain are able to come in and out because they're traveling to and from Brim. Right. Um, so then after that, uh, Kelwin sent ascending to some piece to some of the PCs to let them know that he had flushed the mechanic out of the thimbles, and mm-hmm. that she was headed, uh, you know, towards the Crossworld Tavern, but. She had been in the thimbles and hiding for long enough that the alchemical sludge had started to, you know, poison her as well. Yep. Um, so she was, she was kind of messed up, um, and she stumbled into the crossroad or past the Crossworlds Tavern and was intercepted by Alianora specifically, who was lying on a bench. Thanks, Allie, for intercepting <laughs> my my walk. Um, and then the rest of the town came out. Um, but even like, even as the town like tried to like stop her and cure her and keep in mind, like she was still, while she wasn't entirely like within her right mind, like she was Mm -hmm. still a portal jacker, still had all of her skills. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so they tried to stop and cure her and then suddenly a skull faced creature appeared in town with a contingent of invergent beings around him. And that was Humphrey, the blood lich scholar. Yep. And he was super interested in the mechanic, too, and declared that, all right, well, you want her, I want her, we can compete yep. for her. <laughs> um, so he fought the town for her, the fount, the, ton, the, bleh, the town, town fought for the mechanic, too. And uh, eventually the mechanic was detained, uh, her portal key was removed, and a bunch of neutralized poison were dumped into, you know, dumped into her. Um, yep. And even though she remained unconscious... So it was at that point that game officially ended. Um, and then what we have said that happened immediately afterwards was that uh, a portal opened. Portal agents kind of poured out from the portal authority. Uh, when, and they had this big, strange-looking construct with them. Um, and just like in Cops, <laughs> like they've kicked the door down, banished the mechanic, uh, attacked the Invergence creatures... And when the, the blood lich growled uh, 
and his you know said you know let's get out of here he retreated <laughs> he retreated every you know, all the inversions creatures went away and then the the portal authority said all right we're taking jurisdictional control over Oof. this area so and they set up a, a an ops in you know essentially basically where where ops is going to be you know that's convenient npc hq is uh and so yeah they're taking control of the the area as well so that's where we ended the game uh, and that's where folks are going to be going into next game with the understanding that the portal authority technically has jurisdictional control Mm. over the area so i know that uh that kind of rubs people the the wrong way, but I do have to say, like, we're not going to write something into the story that isn't fun and isn't a good part of the story. So oh, I know true. that I know that some people are kind of like, oh well, that sucks. And it's like, okay, I mean, it sucks that we couldn't do it right there, but we didn't have the NPCs to do it. Um, we didn't have the time to do it. So it's like, this is this is what's happening, but it's going to be good. <laughs> like, it's. You know, I mean, and the town has been taken over by people before. Like, you weren't there for the when Tom Shear took over um, nope. Schreiber's Farms. But that was a lot of fun, and people had a lot of fun with that plot. So I don't want people to feel like we're intentionally doing something. I also wasn't there when, like, vampires were directly ruling. It was just before my time. Right. So, like, I think people felt a little bit rubbed, you know, the wrong way about that. But, you know, just keep in mind that we are... We're writing the game to be fun for you. We're not writing it so that, you know, it's going to, like, be the worst experience ever. But, so, yeah, that's where we're headed to for next event. Sounds good. I think it's time for a sponsor break. Yeah. This uh, this sponsor <laughs> break is brought to you by Kai's Killer Toys. Handcrafted wooden toys for children of all ages and time cycles. Kai's Killer Toys, where every day is a fire sale. Every day, it's a fire sale. (laughs) (laughs) Now, normally this would be a spot where we'd be able to put uh, a command perform segment. However, we have run run dry in the well of command perform segments. So if you would like to send us a two to five minute performance, it can be a reading, it can be a song, it can be an instrumental piece, it can be, um, you know... I mean, it could be a magic trick, Fortunato. I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> as true. long as you describe what's going on, um, then that's fine. Like, it, it could be whatever you want. Um, we'd look, love to hear what you guys have now to... There's two. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> that could be really great. <laughs> it could be. That's, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, anything. Like, we love to... We know we have a bunch of talented people at game uh and we'd love to to see what you guys have to offer so feel free you can send it to the magic stream mp3 form is best but you know i can i can probably work with whatever you're able to give me um so yeah do that welcome to ask ribbon anything disclaimer the opinions expressed here are for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing legal advice. The opinions of Ryden Van Holt are completely in-game, may not th- reflect the opinions of Andy Doucette or Majesty staff, and may be factually untrue. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome, especially when time travel is involved. Oh, hello. Looks like you caught me sitting here in my cabin, wishing there was a library here in Marshall's Landing. I might as well answer one of your letters while I'm here. 
Dear Ribon, I am writing this letter to you so that I can practice writing more and hope it reaches you well and that it is easy to read. My handwriting is getting better and I haven't killed anyone else by accident. Oops. I am trying to read more books and I don't have a lot of books and I think you have a lot of books and maybe I can borrow a book so I can learn to read even better than now. I hope you are proud of me. Can you tell me anything about the greatest heroes and figures of Majestin history? Love, Dogwood. Aw, thank you, Dogwood. I am proud of you. Uh, let's see, great figures in Majestin history. I assume you mean besides Elmertonians? Uh, the story of Gareth comes to mind. He was a simple farmer who lived long ago on the far western side of our continent of Azeron, past the Stony Mountains, in a kingdom that at the time was known as Jarwald. In the time of Gareth, Jarwald was ruled by Emperor Zegna the Twenty-Fourth. Now, the story goes that Zegna overtaxed the populace to the point that even farmers like Gareth couldn't afford the food they grew and didn't have enough to feed themselves. When they imprisoned his family, it was the last straw for Gareth. With fire in his eyes and steel in his hand, he marched on the capital, gathering others to him as he went. The peasant army defeated and overthrew the emperor. Now here's where it gets interesting. The people wanted to make Gareth the new monarch, but he refused to be king. He insisted that the common people get a voice in the decisions of governance. Rather than name him king or emperor, the people instead named the nation after him, and thus today it is known as Jargareth. Another heroic story is the story of Romax, the last dragon, and Hamar, Majesta's last dragon rider. This story takes place just shy of a thousand years ago in Figoria. After most of the dragons were pulled away by some unknown force in 1150 Age of Arrival, some power of Hamar was able to keep Romax with him. The two allies remained in Majesta, fighting for peace and justice throughout Figoria and beyond. Seventy-five years later, when going to aid people in the forests of Bolium, they flew into a trap that was set for them. When they neared the source of the corruption, a great Jabberwocky, a being from Brim of dragon-like size and power, flew up to meet them. On its great back was the void black form of the incarnation of evil herself. The story takes a tragic turn from there. You should read it yourself. I'm sure I wouldn't be able to tell it as well, just as I'm not going to attempt to sing the ballad of uh, Gareth. This applies not just to Dogwood. I also have stories of some other less-than-heroic figures of Majestus history, like Axtolotl the Ever-Living and Shakurka, and other difficult-to-say-and-spell names. I also have several versions of the cre creation of Majesta, and can tell you with some degree of certainty which ones contain truth and which are vigilant propaganda. Come find me and read these stories for yourself. It's not like we have a lot else to do right now. Magistry's original trivia game for the Magistream. In this game, our contestant will be asked a series of trivia questions about Magistry LARP that they have to answer correctly. If they are unable to do so, they get spelled. That is to say, they will have a harmless spell cast upon them that will take effect at the beginning of the next event they attend. We would first like to introduce our panelists for today's show. 
So first off, we have GM Paul Debkowski. Ahoy hoy. And we also have GM Scott Slater. Hey guys, how's it going? Today's contestant is Sean Robbins, a.k.a. Normoron. Hello, everyone. If Sean does not answer two out of three questions correctly, then he will be spelled. So, every time at the beginning of next game that Sean wants to throw something, he must first kiss the bicep he will be using to throw said item. If he does not smooch his arms and is called out on it, he will be compelled to do a pirouette at some point before or after the throw. Alright, I like it. <laughs> so, like Normaron, uh, you've just recently won the Devil vs. Strongest competition on Drift. Do you have any big plans going forward? <sighs> um, well, there is the Taurus circuit that I am going to be a part of. Oh, yeah, that's right. And you're going to be uh, doing some uh, some judging yourself? Uh, they have asked me to adjudicate a few tournaments, yes. Is this so real? It will involve a lot of travel. <laughs> Are we making this up as we go along? I might be, yes. <laughs> no. it, was, it, was, it was mentioned that this would be something that I would need to do when I won, but I haven't been contacted yet. But uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm planning on being contacted for some extra-dimensional strongest men in the Dabbleverse contest. Yeah, this this happened over the winter. This oh, is nice. a, a winter game thing. Well, you're just going to get called up to like open some grocery stores on different dimensions. And stuff. Don't worry about it. It's I mean, it's, it's it's probably going to be things like that. You know, making making various appearances at negligibly important. Maybe you'll things. get a pair of giant scissors at some point. Ooh, I hope so. I'm not going to trust Norma. Well, oh, we know that Rock beats scissors. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's why I would like. That was better. Throw the scissors yeah. down. And like hit it, hit it with rocks till it breaks. <laughs> but but paper covers rocks, so I've still got the advantage over you. Mm. All right. Well, are you ready to answer some magistry trivia questions? As ready as I will ever be. Excellent. <laughs> so our first game is going to be read. Or our first question is going to be read to you by Andy. All of our in-game months are named after various incarnations that are on Majesta. What is the in-game month name for August? Is it A, Harvest Wayne, B, Reminiscence, C, Steel Breeze, Still Breeze, D, Suncast, or E, Orktoberfest? <laughs> uh, I believe it is C, Still Breeze. But he wanted to say Oktoberfest. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted to say Oktoberfest, but everyone knows that Oktoberfest is in out of game October, so which is what it what month? October. <laughs> <laughs> he, he follows the old ways. Yeah, yes. I, follow, I follow the old naming convention. <laughs> I guess I can't fault him for that. He's an originalist. <laughs> All right, that's one question answered correctly. Our second question is from Scott. All right, um, so for this question, the crest of this urban Shirian noble house is a purple orchid in front of a stream of silver in front of a green field. Uh, is it 
House Camille, House Rexiato, House Right Hand, House Van Doren, or House Van Holt. <laughs> I, I know you I really, really want to say, but I don't think that's it. Unless Riven has a secret he wants to share with me. Um, I'm going to go with B, Rexiano. Yeah. This is where Riven reveals his big secret. <laughs> Do you have a family crest that I don't know about? No, well, yes, but I'm not not an Irvin Sheary noble house. I'm from oh. The crest is Riven riding on a bear rug. <laughs> you say riding or riding? Reclining. <laughs> yeah, I, I can picture him reclining and writing while he's on a bear rug. Yeah, yeah. Pretending that it's it's his epic mount. The scroll just like is like three or four feet long, just you know, long enough to to cover the, all the subjects. <laughs> all, all <of> <laughs> uh, he's wearing nothing but a hat. <laughs> I mean, did I just take our new d- the next next year's calendar photo? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I had a history teacher that said a good essay should be like a, a mini skirt, short enough to be interesting, but long enough to cover the subject. But, <laughs> but then he got fired. <laughs> no. No. Uh, the correct answer for that was uh, A, Camille. Yeah. Uh, okay, that was my second choice. It's a right. Frenchy sounding house. They have a flower as their crest. Yes. They do. Yeah. That was my second choice. What's Bre- Brexiano is the... Uh... Is the swan. Oh, yep. this, that's also kind oh, of... That's... Okay. Yeah. And then Bright Hand is, is just... Yeah. That's the yep. gold eagle, right? And then Van Dorn is the fish. The fish. That's my, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite one, too. <laughs> fish. All right. Fish. So, we have one question right and one question wrong. Now we move oh. on to the final question. And this uh, will no be pressure. read by Paul. <laughs> Yeah, and it's unfair. (laughs) I don't even. I wonder if Ribbon knows this. All right, the current incarnation of knowledge is named Brother Hargrave. Before him, Justin Patrick Cray had a short stint uh, after the incarnation of devastation, instated him in place of the long-serving incarnation named El Rolis. However, before El Rolis, who was the incarnation of knowledge? Was it A? Bob Kiss, B, Evernight Morris, or C, Mija. Andy, do you know the answer to this one? I do not, although I have a guess. I, I don't know why, but I have a very strong feeling that it's Evernight Morris, and I don't know if I'm getting that from something else, or if, like, that's just one of those weird tidbits. That, like, I'm going to go with B. You're going to go with B? You, yes. Get to, <laughs> okay. Uh, he, he was something big, wasn't he? Oh, you guys actually, you don't know who he is yet either. Not really. Yeah. yeah. Not for sure. Yeah. No, that'll that'll be an interesting realization that that's made in the future. Spoiler alert! Particularly by one Ivan Van Holt. (laughs) With the guest panelist, Evernight Morris. (laughs) Andy, do you want to take a shot at it? Uh, That was going to be my guess. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Huh. 
I'm, I, so I, I guess I'm going to go with uh, Bobkiss, whoever that is. <laughs> oh, you guys ever met Bobkiss? I have not. Come on, you have met Bobkiss, right? I know Maja was the incarnation of time for a while, so if, I think that... Well, she was the, the, keep, the, the, the keeper, keeper of time. Of time yeah, but, no yeah, real incarnation but, of time, but there should be. <laughs> Maja had the, uh, the middle sprite of, of Sadius. That the, All you um, need to do is get enough people to agree with you that there should be an incarnation of time, and it's a done deal. Uh, I think it's a little harder than that. It's a little harder than that. Is it? The correct answer is Bobkiss. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because it, and that's not, that wasn't his real name at the time, but, uh, that's what he became after. <clears throat> he, uh, was actually, he was the, inc- the incarnation, and the thing about Incarnia is that when you're there as an incarnation, you, you have a lot of knowledge. You, you, you kind of get to know everything you, and you're kind of omnipresent. But then when you leave Incarnia, you, you only get to have the, the knowledge that you attained really while you were on Majesta. So for somebody who really craves knowledge, Incarnia is very tempting. And uh, Bobkiss decided that he was going to stay there forever and never go back to Majesta because Incarnia was just was too interesting and had he had too much knowledge there. So upon making that decision, he ceased to be the incarnation of knowledge and he became a kind of a secretary up there. <laughs> and, and kind of crazy. And he went he went a little crazy and a little bit. became known as Bobkiss. And huh. uh, I'm, I'm actually really surprised. I bet so, if you say the voice, they'll they'll recognize it. I mean it's 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 just Will Ferrell's Harry Carey voice, right? Yeah, but do it. Hey everybody <laughs> I'm a very educated man. <laughs> educate some people. Yeah. Yeah, I made the character originally back in like 2003 to to make to make Pam happy. Nice. Yeah. All right. So, how did Sean do? I guess I got spelled. <laughs> yep, Sean, you got two incorrect. So, at the beginning of next game, you will go into game with a spell on you that you must kiss your bicep before throwing anything. I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> See, that's he was going to do that anyway. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> pretty okay with it. And well, listeners, if you catch Sean throwing something without kissing his bicep first yep. and you call him out on it, he's got to do, or he's compelled to do a pirouette. Yeah. I'm that's okay a, it's up until, what, sunset on Saturday? Uh... Sure. I don't no, it's, it's the whole event. It's the <laughs> whole event. It's, it, you know, it's the rest of the year, in fact. Oh, man. Friends like these, huh, Sean? Yeah, I love my friends. <laughs> my friends are wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you to yep. Sean for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And thanks, thanks to Paul and Scott for being our hilarious celebrity panelist. <laughs> You're welcome. I will never You're do this again. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> well, that's another episode of The Magistream. Next episode will be our 10th episode. Woo! Mm. Thank you to Alex Fabian for submitting a question for Ryben to answer. 
And thanks to Sean Robbins, Paul, and Scott for participating in our trivia game show. And thanks once again to Sam Rochford for writing our theme music. You can find more of her music at facebook.com slash samrochfordmusic. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Introducing the magistrate. Come ask Ryben anything. Be a bridge between the games. People don't understand it. Say I'm too old to believe in magic. The only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. So come and listen, la 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 la. This podcast has been a production of Magistry, copyright P. Double Games. You can find out more about our LARP at magistry.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash magistry. If you have comments, suggestions, feedback, or questions, you can email us at themagestream at magistry.com.